0: Your goal is to create happy customers who then create other happy customers. So congratulations. Here's what I'm doing. The best of the best have got the We're selling, going, going, gone. So congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next six months? Let's get the show on the road. Let's get... uh, And what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to run through the book, Tribe of Mentors, that um, uh, Tim Ferriss wrote. There was 11 questions that he sent out to all these people around the world that he wanted to get their answers. He had given them the questions so they could think through the questions. Hello Manos, how are you my good friend? And I thought I'd have a crack at him as well. And not for one moment, hello Andy from England, not for one moment am I actually putting myself as a mentor in a tribe or anything like that. I'm answering those questions because I thought they were super questions and I thought to myself that once you've heard the questions you might want to answer them as well and I thought to myself that instead of me researching another topic tonight that we would just go over those and I think that they're going to be extremely useful. It took me about 45 minutes to answer these questions so um, it's been a busy week this week I did about eight conferences I was uh, in uh, probably let's call it half of Australia um, um, so we're you know back into normal work mode and holiday is long forgotten um, so um, I thought I'll just uh, also maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that maybe I should firstly tell you where I'll be uh, so where I'll be speaking in the next three to four five weeks so And Susan, when um, she comes online, um, um, will actually uh, put down the link for you to have. So what I'll do is let you know that I am speaking on the 7th of March in Adelaide in an event called Momentum. The people that are going to be part of Momentum is myself, Steve Carroll, Gavin Rubenstein, Vivian Yap, Marcus Cimonello, Matt Lancashire... Katie Strickland, Zoe Reynolds, Rick Sorreo, and Sarah Hackett. Um, the events are going to be held on in Adelaide, the 7th of March, Sydney, the 13th of March, Brisbane, the 20th of March, Melbourne, the 22nd of March. Canberra, the 17th of April, and Perth, the 19th of April. I want to make it very clear, these events are free events. They are joint initiatives from News Corporation, News Corporation, and realestate.com.au. Susan has actually put the link on there for you to register. So, if you'd like to come to those events, there is no charge. They are in the morning of those days. The link is there for you to register. It will be a case of First in, Best Dressed. These events will book out because they're free and they've got quality people. Hobart is the second half of the year. Thank you so much, Stephen, for sharing that with us. Hobart is in the second half of the year, in case anyone knows. Um, So uh, that's that. The second thing I want to talk about is I'm also doing a national conference going around the uh, Darwin will be later on as well in um, the year. Um, let me also let you know that I'm doing for for finance brokers for those that are in broking. I'm also doing a national tour, and um, um, if you want to uh, book a seat for that, um, it is theadvisor.com.au. Theadvisor.com.au The conference is called Better Business Summit and it is uh, Brisbane, the 15th of February, 22nd of February in Adelaide, 1st of March in Melbourne, 8th in Sydney, 8th of March, Sydney, and 15th of March, Perth. So, um, guys and girls, um, there's that. Later on in this rant, I will also be announcing to you uh, most of the ARIC speakers for 2018. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to move on and answer those questions as per the book. So the first question that Tim Ferriss asked, the first question that Tim Ferris asked was, what are the books that have greatly influenced your life? What are the books that have greatly influenced your life? What are the books that have greatly influenced your life? And I did this. I wrote all my answers down while I was at a restaurant. Good day, Stephen Brown, one of the best real estate coaches in the UK. Um, the answer to that is this. There are two books that came to mind that have had the biggest impact. They are Making the Shift by Dr. Wayne Dyer. Making the Shift. And the second one is Man's Search for Meaning. Man's Search for Meaning by Dr. Viktor Frankl. They are the two most profound books that I've read. Um the second question that was asked was the following: um, What purchase of a hundred dollars what purchase of a hundred dollars or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months or in living memory um, The answer to that was this guys and girls, the Google mini and I think for fifty dollars this is just a no-brainer. Go tomorrow and buy these. Too good to be true. I was sitting over Christmas, sitting watching TV, and little Christina Panos came in and says, I need a Google Mini, and we went and got it, and I've got to tell you, I fell in love with it straight away. And then this week, I was speaking for the Dexa Group, Stan Pilatus and Leanne Pilkington, and they gave me another one. But guess what, I'm buying another three or four because I'm going to have them in the rooms around the house and what I can say is don't forget to pick up the washing in one room and then in the next room, what do I have to do, Google? You've got to pick up the washing. They are fantastic and I personally believe that even though I am an addict, addict, Apple, (laughs) Will Andrews says this is sponsored by Google, I actually, believe it or not, Will, I am an Apple person, an Apple person. But I believe that Apple's product, which is $499, is going to struggle, is going to struggle because this is so cost-effective that you're better off buying four or five of these mini Googles and having them around the house than just the big one. And uh, even though it doesn't have the ability of the Apple product, which has got Apple Music, what actually happens is this links up to YouTube anyway, so you can pretty much get any song That you want. Um, And by the way, not that this is one of the questions in Tribe of Mentors, but my favorite artist, my favorite artist, and has been for about three months now, and only Susan would probably pick it up who she is. Let's see if Susan is listening. Susan, who is my favorite artist? Who is, and everyone I think would be surprised at who this person is. Let's see if Susan can answer the question. Susan, who is my favorite artist? Let's have a look. Let's wait. And while that's happening, does anyone want to have a crack at it? It's not Eminem. It's not Adele. Hey, Sam from Elite Magazine. She's got a Google as well. They're fantastic. Can I tell you that they do everything? What's Google? Hey Google, what's the weather? It tells you. Hey Google, what's my diary like today? It tells you. Hey Google, I feel like eating Italian. It tells you. I always said that voice recognition would be the next thing. No, it's not David Guetta. It's not Susan. It is Kesha. Yes, I know everyone is shocked. It is Kesha. And there is Two songs I like at the moment, and I absolutely, I do love Calvin Harris, and I do love David Guetta. Um, they're my two favorite, right? But I've got to tell you, right at this moment, right at this moment, Ministry of Sound, love, adore, been brought up with it. Hey, Chrissy, but it is, of course, it is, of course, Kesha. And I love that song, Praying. I love the words in her songs. Um, anyway, let's move on. The second question or the third question is how has a failure or a pal or apparent failure set you up for later success? Do you have a favorite failure of yours? Okay, this is a good question. How has a how has a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? Well, that one was me f- fucking up university the first time. And the reason why is that I could not make the next move a failure because I didn't want to become a tradesperson. I wanted to wear nice uh, clothes. I wanted to drive a nice car. I was 19 and 20, and I thought to myself, it's either university, or if it's not university, um, you're going to become a tradesperson. I didn't want to become a tradesperson, so I had to make sales slash real estate a success. And I have to say to you that failing at university gave me a hungry stomach. It also meant I needed to prove things to my parents. It also meant I had to prove a lot of fuckers wrong. So what happened is that that failure there gave me a hunger and a drive that no qualifications at university would have got, so in the end i didn 't get the degree, but I did get the hunger now, um, let me see let let me just and let me just go on, let me just go on and say that subsequently, I did go back to university, and i 'm also a believer of education, and I even went back and I also completed a master 's degree. So I do not want anyone watching this rant, particularly young, to think that this guy here does not support education. What I'm saying is you can have all the degrees in the world, but if you don't have the hustle and you can't read the play, you're fucked. So let's move on to number four. Number four was... If you had a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, metaphorically speaking, getting a message out to millions or billions, what would it say? If you had a billboard, what would it say? Well, you're going to die. That's what it would say. You're going to die. You're going to die. And I'll tell you why. Because the minute you can accept your mortality, you begin to realize the biggest luxury that you actually have in life is time. That's the first thing. The second thing is when you realize you're going to die, you are prepared to take risks. And the reason why is the mortality rate for those that play it safe And those that take a risk is exactly the same, 100%. So all of a sudden, when you accept you're going to die, you begin to realize that the most most plentiful resource that you have is time. It's a a non-renewable resource. And in fact, the most amount of time that you've got left in your life is right now. Uh, in an hour's time, you'll actually have less time left. I have to say to you, and I've said it before, you know, a lot of the times there's, you know, my mind wonders, particularly as I go to sleep at night. And that is, where did I come from and where am I going? And probably the two biggest questions anyone must ask about death is the following. That they don't know when they're going to die and they don't know how they're going to die. But what we do know is it's 100% that no person has not died. So for me, having illness at a young age um, taught me... The power of you're going to die. And I have to say, I've said it to you before, you know, sometimes when things are falling apart, they're actually coming together. So when you're, you know, in your 30s and, you know, you've been given an illness that has got a very low chance of survival, what actually happens is that you begin to watch your life fall apart in front of your eyes. And then you begin to say, shit, okay, every day's a bonus. And then if you're lucky enough like me to have a long, long, long time after that actual event, you will look back and say, that was a gift that was badly wrapped. So gang, that would be my billboard. Let me move on to number uh, five. What is the one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? What is one of the best investments you've ever made? And it says it can be an investment of money, time, or energy. Um, that one there, I have to say to you, is property. Um, it is property. Um, because, and, and, and I can actually tell you it's a house at Fitzroy Street, Newtown. And I would have bought that like... Um, like I reckon around 1990 for like 200 grand, one of the best streets in Newtown, a nice, you know, two story terrace, um, saw it without, bought it without inspecting the property, bought it without inspecting the property. And, um, I have to say that that property there, I look at, you know, um, today's market value that would be without a doubt the best investment. Um, But I'm going to generalize and I'm going to say to you the best investments I've made from a financial perspective is the decision at very early stage to be a buyer and owner of real estate and to rarely sell real estate. This has been a great strategy. And I just want to, you know, quickly give you a 30 second understanding that real estate, you make money while you sleep. I'm telling you, and I don't want to scare any guy or girl in real estate, but I've never seen a real estate agent as a single sales girl or guy actually be able to work you know, more than 10 years and be a top, top agent themselves, right? So the reality is that it is not something that you can do for 30, 40 years, but real estate is you make money while you sleep just basic numbers. If you're holding $20 million of real estate in an area that is gonna give you you know, a growth rate of 10%, you're making two mil a year tax-free while you sleep. That is the power of asset growth. That is where the money is. So any guy or girl that's watching this video, I'm telling you, you're gonna make money while you sleep. I'm so proud of Susan, like Susan, you know, young girl, right? She is already doubled down on real estate, right? In the right areas. And um, you know, she would be making more money than most people her age on paper via real estate, you know? And um, I'm no, I've got to tell you, I'm, uh, 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 everything else I make is quite minuscule to real estate these days. Um, anyway, let's move on. I want to move on to number six. What is an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? What is an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? Um, I'll tell you what it is. Nearly every. Susan, someone's asked if you're single. Billy Pat. She's single, but I'm letting you know she will. F- Fucking do your head in. If it's not rapping, it's got to do with what she's putting in her body and it's got to be about 10 metres away from non-vegan food. But I love her. Let's move on. What is an unusual habit? And an unusual habit, and an unusual habit. Um, I would say that nearly every night, every night, Barring the one or two nights a year when I have a fair few drinks and you come home and it's just a different night. You've drunk you know more than what you have and you sort of crash out. Um, I would say it is that I listen to spiritual podcasts as I fall asleep. It is something that is a night ritual that calms me down, that helps me understand that I am a very small speck in the scheme of things and that there is a bigger thing. It makes me think about who built the world. Was this, you know, the the builder, the builder of bodies, the builder, that there's got to be a builder to it all, you know. So, um, and um, the podcast, it's called Ancient Faith, And there's like about 40 or 50 different podcasts in the Ancient Faith channel. Please don't for one moment think that I'm trying to encourage people to go to, you know, uh, any denomination or what have you. All I say to you is that my night ritual, like I have a morning ritual, which is exercise. um, My night ritual is spirituality and listening to stuff. And it sort of puts me into a, a sleep. Um, The next one is, in the last five years, what new belief, behaviour or habit has the most improved your life? And um, that would be... uh... Sorry, we just did that one. Um, In the last five years, what new belief, behaviour... Oh, the new belief. The new belief would be that... um, Just do whatever I want to do because people are going to judge you anyway. So I think in many ways um, what it is is that um, I care more about what I think of me than what other people think of me. I don't put the, uh, my, my happiness um, in the pockets of other people. I don't um, expect um, everyone um, to like me. Um, and, um, I'm just going to share this with you. If, if someone sits here tonight and is thinking, you know, why did that person think of me that way? I think you shouldn't be asking yourself that question. Why did that person think of me that way? I think the question you should be asking yourself is this, why do I even fucking care? While I'm sitting there, I just actually remembered Nick Hayes is on and I just saw him and Nick Hayes is Crawford BMW. Crawford BMW in the Northern Beaches are a client of mine and um, uh, Nick Hayes is a great guy. He's the head there of uh, Crawford BMW and um, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're having a major sale there at BMW. They're having their um, mega sale. So go see Nick. Now Nick's an interesting guy because Nick's training, all he's, the training he gets is real estate type training and all he does is hang around with real estate agents and um, in fact one of the speakers of ARIC 2018 is I believe his best friend. I'll talk about him in a moment. Um, let's move on. Um, uh, next question: What advice would you give? What advice would you give to a smart-driven university student about to enter the world? What advice should they ignore? What advice would I give to a smart person, okay, um, uh, uh, coming out of university about to enter the real world? What it would be is this: Don't worry about your salary in the first three years. Don't worry about what your pay is. Don't pick a job based on salary. Don't even worry about your salary or about whether you're getting you know, this or you're getting that or you're getting allowances. Don't worry. Hey, go Flinny, what what I, I think you should be worried about is the following. You are to master your craft in those three years. That is your number one goal. Your second goal is that you are to build a personal brand in those three years. And your third goal is that you are to actually grow your list. Your list is your email list. These are people that you're going to meet. This is a database. This is a network. That's all you care about. Don't worry about your pay packet. Don't worry about your pay packet. Master your craft. Build your personal brand. Build your database. How are you going, Snowy, Flinny? Let's move on. The next one. What are bad recommendations you hear in your profession or area of expertise? Well, I'm not going to put it down to one specifically, but I have to tell you, most experts in our industry and in a lot of industries spend their time talking about the technical issues. I don't care that much about the technical issues. I believe that you must know them and that you must have people employed that know them. But I don't think enough is spent on business development because you know what? There are two parts to business. There is two parts to your work. There is doing the job and number two is finding people to do the job for. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're not good enough at finding people to do the job for, you won't even be doing the fucking job. I'll say it again. There are two jobs in every job. Every job's got two jobs. Number one, doing the job. Number two, finding people to do the job for. And I don't think that there is enough training, coaching emphasis on helping people, whether you're an accountant, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a personal trainer, whether you're a real estate person, whether you're a finance broker. There is not enough spent on helping people understand on how to become a fanatical prospector. A fanatical prospector. And can I say to you, any person watching this right now, can I give you the biggest tip I can give you on prospecting? Here it is. Listen to me carefully. Never, ever, ever open up your email first. Do your prospecting. I'll tell you why. Because when you open up your email first, you get the following. You get an email from a buyer. You get an email from another colleague in the office. You get an email from someone about some training course to get your CPD points. And you also get 47 fucking emails that you've been CC'd by people that you don't even really give a fuck about a single thing. But for some reason, they've decided that you should be on that fucking email where you should be on the phone prospecting. So what I say is don't open up your inbox in the morning. Let's move on. In the last five years, in the last five years, what have you become better at saying no to? Distractions, invitations, what new realizations and or approaches have helped? Okay, I've learned to say a clear no. Hey, Flynnie, I like it when you laugh. When Flynnie laughs, I like it. It makes me laugh. In the last five years, what have you become better at saying no? Well, I've learned to say a clear no, a clean, a clear no, a, a clean no. So what I used to say in the past is, oh, oh, let me come back to you. So I'd give hope to people. But deep down, I didn't want to do it. So then what would actually happen is I'd have to have to say no again because I've given the people hope. Or I even got worse. Sometimes I used to say to people, um Look, try me. Uh, I can't do it now, but ask me in two months. And you know what? Fucking people put it in the diary and followed me up in two months. So now I've learned to say a clean no. Can't do it. Won't work. Sorry. End of story. And it sorts everyone out. Don't feel guilty. So what have I done in the last five years? I've learned to say a clean no. Number eleven. Number eleven. When you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or have lost your focus temporarily what do you do okay i have to say that i don't really fall into that situation anymore but i did before i was very much a person that used to go from the heights of exhilaration to the depths of depression in a short period of time. I used to be the sort of person that I would be very anxious waiting for a result, like a health result. I used to be the sort of person that if a small thing would happen, I would somehow in my head focus on it, become myopic, become overwhelmed, and actually it would even keep me up at night. And I would create 99 problems out of the one problem, and the irony of it all is out of the 99 problems, 98 of them would never fucking eventuate. So, now what have I learnt? The following whenever I become overwhelmed, I say to myself, Will this be a problem in three months' time? Will this be a problem in a year? Will this be a problem in two years? And I just scale it. And I say to myself, okay, Tom, it's a lot bigger in your head than what it is. The second thing I do is this. I scale it. I scale it. I say to myself, out of 10, 10 being the worst, zero being it's not a problem at all, what number do I give it? What number do I give it? And if I give it a five, I then say to myself, Tom... It's a 5 out of 10. And then I think to myself, but hang on a second. If today I was on an aeroplane and it went down, that's a much bigger problem, right? So what do you think? So then all of a sudden the 5 might become a 3 out of 10. So scaling gives you perspective. Scaling is a really good coaching tool. Um, The question on being when I'm unfocused, what do I do to become focused? Um Well, I have to say to you that I find it useful to not have fuckwits on my speed dial because if I'm unfocused and I ring someone else who's unfocused, then we're pretty much fucked. So what the opposite of that is, is to actually have people that can get you back on track. So I've got good people that I know that I can ring and contact that can say the right things. Um, In addition to that, what I can say to you, what else is that I do that helps me to get back on track is this. I don't catastrophize. And what I mean by that is if I go off, hypothetically, if I go eat gelato and I'm trying to eat clean, I'm not the sort of person that turns around and says, fuck it, you've had gelato, let's let loose, right? I'm not an all or nothing person. I'm the sort of person that will say to themselves, okay, I had that gelato, I wish I hadn't, but it tasted well, and you know what? It's not the end of the world. So this all or nothing thinking is the thing that really gets people off track because They really seek perfection. Guys and girls, let me talk to you now. And that is the end of the rant. Now, let me announce to you some of the speakers of ARIC 2018. Well, I will give you a fair portion of them. Um, uh, Gavin Rubenstein um, um, is speaking. And as many of you know, Gavin, I've been with Gavin as his educator, his coach, his colleague, and his mate from day one. And I can tell you, I backed this guy when he wasn't doing the numbers that he's doing. And um, he is just, to me, a picture of discipline. Right? Gav Rubenstein, Philly Harris, as Snowy Carter says. Um, um, uh, uh, James Tostevan. James um, Always provides outstanding value, um, and I think he's the number two agent in Australia. Uh, Chris Helder, who is a one of the best deliverers of um, keynotes at conferences. Um, um, Tom Ferry. Tom Ferry is going to be doing two sessions. That great real estate coach from the USA, Tom Ferry. Um, In addition to that, let's open up here this computer. We've got Megan Jaffe, the number one owner of Ray White in the world. Megan Jaffe. Um, In addition to that, Alex Phillips, the number one agent on REB with Prue, his personal assistant, and they're going to talk about how they work as a team, who does what. Um, we've got four coaches, great coaches, Josh Fegan Michael Sheergold, Peter Gilchrist and Lee Woodward, outstanding coaches. We've got Judy O'Day. We've got from uh, Brisbane, outstanding operator. We've got Betty Ockerlander, you know, She's writing $3 million in GCI. Uh, Lindy Harris. We've got Andrew North from New Zealand. Probably one of the best auctioneers I've ever seen, but this he's not there for his auctioneering. This guy's there. I've got to tell you, I heard him speak, and I said this guy's got to speak. I heard him speak at a conference in, in Noosa earlier on uh, last year. Uh, Peter Sheehan is a brain, a master. Uh, Jess Smith, Marty Fox, Ryan Fisher. Look, I'm not going to go through all the list there. um, But in addition to that, we're going to see the system of Tanay Jane. Tanay Jane. Um, Guys and girls, um, there is some other big names coming. No, Gary V won't be speaking. So they're the ARIC speakers. I also want to let you know, I'm telling you, I'm very sorry, the Real Estate Gym and Chris Hassel. Yes, absolutely. Chris Hassel is also speaking. Um, I want to let you know the Real Estate Gym is closed. We've had emails and we're not opening it up because we've said it was closing on the Thursday. We extended it to Friday. The Real Estate Gym is closed. And anyone that's watching this, I want to let you know that you can use your Real Estate Gym privileges to buy your ARIC ticket. You are getting hundreds of dollars off the ARIC price. I'm also going to let our real estate gym members know that we have tomorrow night, the Monday night real estate rant. And it is how to be a fanatical prospector. How to be a fanatical prospector. That is for our real estate gym members. Like we have our Sunday night rants. We are having a Monday night real estate rant, and it is just about real estate on our private page. Guys and girls, I want to thank you for the biggest thing you can give me, your attention, and please share that video. I'm also letting you know that Facebook has dramatically changed the algorithm on the reach that you get. It's been changed over the last few weeks. You need to pull out your wallet and get a bigger audience. They have tightened things up. Guys and girls, it is 8.30 tomorrow. The Real Estate Gym Rant at 8.30 tomorrow. This week, guys and girls, I've got Sky Business on Monday night. If you want to watch me there at 7 o'clock on Sky Business. In addition to that, I'll be going to uh, uh, Melbourne uh, on Friday. And I'm doing uh, a conference. Doing two conferences on Friday in Melbourne. O'Brien's, K and Burden. In addition to that on Thursday... I'm doing Remax max in, in, in Brisbane. Guys and girls, um, thank you so much for your attention. And anyone, you can contact Susan or send me a private message. If you want me to conduct a three-hour scripts and dialogue session at your office, um, I will be able to talk to you about organising a time. Um, it won't be in the next few weeks but we can organise a time. It is a three-hour workshop on scripts and dialogues where I've got all the scripts and dialogues that you can use in the market, but you can't actually see those on video. I don't have them. I deliver those in live sessions. Guys and girls, thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless. Thanks for tuning in, guys and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday Night Rant Every week at 8:30 PM Australian Eastern Standard Time, and if you're in real estate, just Google Tom Panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million-dollar agents share their strategies. See you next week. Let's have a look at the facts. Watch your for the next.